The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, making his first podcast appearance since, oh, I don't know, mid-June, late June, sometime in June. Did you did you appear on a podcast in June? I think the last time I was on a podcast was shortly after Jamal Turner caught that pass against Michigan State okay. in uh, East Lansing. That was the last pod I, I discussed. When I, when I had a chance to go viral by just allowing myself to be run over by Jamal Turner. Or running over him. He, you could have gotten him, I think. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the pads and the momentum, I think I'd have gotten truck stick there. Just would have ended up in the first row of the uh, the seats at the Woodhouse. Yeah, you know, Woodshed. So. Woodshed, Woodshed, yeah. Woodhouse is, uh, that's, that's they got to pay, pay for that kind of sponsorship. Yeah. If, if they're interested, though, we can we yeah. can put them in touch with someone, I'm sure. Find us. All right. Uh, yeah, Michael. that was the last podcast I was on, so I look forward to learning about the next uh, what eight or nine years of Nebraska. Did you know football? there was a coaching change? Like three of which, them since then. Which one? Yeah. Which one? Well, the first guy didn't work out, so they went and got a second guy, and he also didn't work out, so now they're on the third guy. Okay. That, that, there's there's some excitement for the third guy. I'm all caught up. The third guy is going to be making an opening statement soon. <laughs> he will. Do you think he's going to say anything, or do you think he's going to review the tape from last year and just determine that that's the route to go? Uh, so I, it's interesting scheduling by the Big Ten folks. Um, PJ Fleck followed by Walter Ryan Walters of Purdue, then Matt Matt Rule of Nebraska. I I think they did that with Walters. It's kind of like that song in the set list where you got to go to the bathroom oh, and everybody wow. heads for it. That's kind of rude. Ryan Walters is presiding over former Big Ten West champion Purdue in his first season here as Boilermaker. I'm not talking about everybody else. I'm just talking about the court reporter that has to be the stenographer Mm. because I think P.J. Fleck and I think Matt Rule are going to be battling for who has the longest opening statement. Do you think that if Rule were to to nip P.J. Fleck with a longer opening statement, he'd be like, and that's the first win we're going to get over Minnesota. (laughs) 
Uh, well, it depends if he's about sloganeering or not. That, yeah, that's well, the... I, I think Matt Rule likes him some slogans. He does. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think that he'll do that. Uh, although I'm sure there'll be media that will read it as such, given all his swipes that he apparently did or did not take at Deion Sanders. So um, mm. there's never a shortage of those things. But, yeah, Matt Rule headed to Indy. Matt Rule going to Indy. Would you? Okay, so I've had this question asked of me now multiple times, sometimes on radio programs, sometimes from just people who I'm talking to, and they want to know, uh, what I think is going to be said in Indy. Do you anticipate that Matt Rule will give you any information that you didn't already have prior to going into into media days? Like I don't, I don't think we're going to get some like real nuts and bolts type stuff. I think we're going to get a lot of a lot of platitudes and some some uh, some colorful cheerleading about how the summer went and how well everybody worked out and. Uh, their ten percent thing. I think we're going to get some talk about that, but I don't. I don't think you're going to get some like nuts and bolts type stuff. It's going to be big picture. Yeah. It's going to be a lot I of culture talk. It's going to be. Well, here's the thing. So because he was in the NFL, and he also he's not like Bob Stitt level media darling, but I Matt Rule is popular with national college football media. I think that's that's not a stretch. And I think you're going to get a lot more national attention on Nebraska than what you have had. Not a lot more, but on more. Nebraska or on Rule, both. Like, do, do you do you see it being like Rule's going to have to give opinions on all the topics du jour? No, I just think it's going to. You're going to get the guys that have kind of ignored Nebraska for the last three or four years. Like Matt Rule's going to be kind of the cheese for the the national media member trap. And so it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit, you're going to get, you're going to get a lot of big picture stuff here. Uh, here's what I'm interested in. I'm curious. What to, kind of cheese? Well, if yeah. Matt Rule was a cheese, what flavor Jetta. of cheese? He's great Jetta. Um, I'm, I'm eager to be around Jeff Sims a little bit. Okay. Cause we, we don't really know Jeff Sims, do we? I don't no. feel like we do. I don't know Jeff Sims at all. And Somebody asked me today, like, oh, you know, what What are you hoping to learn at Big Ten Media Days? And, I mean, we've heard from Jeff Sims a total of, like, seven minutes since he's been at Nebraska um, in, in, in a big media setting. So I, I'm curious to know Jeff Sims a little bit more and see how, how forthcoming he's going to be about things. I mean, it, there's kind of a lot of storylines around him, right? I mean, you you have this coaching staff that, you know, Marcus Satterfield last night had to basically stop himself from, from praising Sims too much. I think there's a lot of confidence in the walls over there that he's going to be an, an elite quarterback. And we, we don't know, you know, I'm eager to hear about the leadership piece of things. I'm eager to hear about, you know, how he's meshing with everybody, what this offense is going to look like. I mean, a lot of what the conversation was before was about him handling the cold weather, which, you know, I, I think he's got handled, but there's a lot. There's a lot of other things we probably need to talk about too. Um, over the the course of what thirty or forty five minutes that he's mandated to be at a table and answering questions. Yeah, it is. He's probably the most interesting of your three players. I I am with with all the uh, you know apologies to Luke Reimer here. I'm probably most interested in hearing 
where Ethan Piper comes down on things after this full spring. I mean, he had one of the more notable interviews, I thought, during the spring period. They had him maybe the first day, maybe it was the second day. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, what he spoke to was kind of the just the, the big culture change that took place in that place uh, when when Matt Rule came in and kind of the, the fresh air that he felt as a as someone. And I think this is why it's important when when Ethan Piper says it uh, versus a media member. This is a guy that grew up dreaming about playing for Nebraska. And then he's talking about how miserable everything was when he's he's living out his dream. And obviously he's not starting. But he's talking about how miserable of an experience it was in, you know, uh, November of 21 and going through even fall camp last year and just kind of like how tight everything felt and how it just wasn't enjoyable. And obviously it's just the off season, so it's supposed to feel a little bit lighter. But you can certainly got the sense from, from an Ethan Piper in that interview that felt like a different player and he feels like the team is full of guys that are in a similar situation now that he's had Matt rule for you know an additional four months beyond that interview kind of where where are things at and then certainly he's someone that you know kind of as as Cody Green was was the guy who would talk about 2010 quarterback play I could envision a world where Ethan Piper is our go-to source if it's not Nori Newelli for what's happening along that offensive line because everybody else well certainly fine at talking to the media is a little less colorful or maybe a little bit more choosy in their words. And, and Ethan Piper is a little more willing to just kind of lay it right out there. So I think we'll learn a little more about the offensive line through him as well. Do you read anything into the fact that he's there? Like, I think it means he's one of their six guys. As it stands right now, would you, would you have him as a starter against Minnesota? I, yeah. I think he's probably your right guard. And then what that does for me, it leads me to two questions. One was implanted into my brain by someone who occasionally knows some things. And then the other is just, you know, thinking out loud. And really what it does is what happens to Turner Corcoran. And so that's your first question on it. But when I said this to the person who implanted something in my brain, they're also like, shouldn't you really be asking what it means for Teddy Prohaska? Because he's a guy that's played the least and you still have a giant question mark as to where he's actually at physically and mentally. And so I think we've written Prohaska and Sharpie at left tackle, and that's still who I would have to guess is going to start against Minnesota. But I think there's at least a chance that you could have both Turner Corcoran and Ethan Piper in a starting lineup and no Teddy Prohaska too. So I, I don't think it's set up front, but I think Ethan Piper at the very least has forced his way into a rotation. Yeah, I, I think they like him a lot, and it, it might be way more than just a rotation. But that's just kind of you know some half-ass guessing here on July twenty-fifth. Well, it it raises the question about it. It, it seems like every time there's a, a an offensive scheme change or a new offensive line coach, it's where's the rotations? Why aren't you rotating? You should be rotating more. We right. used to rotate, and the this this group at least feels like one that they have the personnel to rotate that's like yeah. if they want to at at spots that they, they have seven linemen that i think they feel okay about yes yeah the problem is they only have one tackle that they feel okay about yeah no that i mean that's well and, and that's the that's the rub i mean yeah. and that's been the issue for a number of years but i, I mean i i think that would be if you wanted to get a little loosey goosey with the rotations, you could do so at guard this year. 
just because of who they have. And I, and I think you could probably even put Henry Lutovsky in that group as well a little bit too. I, I wouldn't put him at the front of the pack, but I think he's in that conversation. That's, that's kind of the seventh name for me. Yeah. Um, would be Lutovsky there and then Piper, uh, New Ellie, Corcoran, Ben Hart, uh, Ben Scott. I think that's your seven. And Prohaska. Those are just, just kind of the seven names um, at this point. I don't have a lot of thoughts on Luke Reimer kind of being your guy there. I, I want to ask you this, though, Bruns. If you were simulating this season in your brain and Nebraska's 3-3-5 defense is playing really well, is there any way that this happens without Luke Reimer? It feels like he's he kind of can be a little bit of the the straw stirring the drink out of that 3-3-5 if it's as disruptive as as we think it could be for as athletic as he is. Um, you know, we might see some more tackles for a loss and blitzing out of a guy that really doesn't have a lot of that. I mean, he piles up a bunch of tackles, but we don't see a lot of TFLs. No, he. I think this type of a defense is tailor-made for the way he plays. And I think as you get into it and kind of look at, you know, where guys land, because we still don't know, you know, who, you know, what the, (laughs) who the three are going to be. I mean, it it could be Reimer, MJ Sherman, Nick Henrich. It could be, you know. Plays Gunnarsson, Jamari Butler, and John Boyd. John Bullock. I don't know who John Boyd is. John Boyd is, is Tony Fields part of that conversation? No, no, like, no. I said John Boyd. I'm going to oh. look up a John Boyd and see if I can tell you who that Forgot. is. I think it's a John Voigt, and I was like, nope, okay, not that's, talking that's about interesting. I don't remember him in the portal. Um, the, without knowing kind of how that's going to fall, I think it's hard to know. But I, I, I think there's a couple people that like my brain keeps going to in this defense that like have to play well in order for it to function. Reimer's one. Ty Robinson's another. Um, you, you got to figure out somebody that, that can do something for you at safety um, with any kind of consistency. But yeah, I mean, I, I think just to my idiot brain, I think it makes a lot of sense that Luke Reimer should be able to excel in a defense like this. And if they can keep him clean, um, you know, up front, I think, I think he has a chance to do that. I, he just, he also seems to me to be a guy that like, at the end of every season, it just looks like he's gone through the ringer, like has just been beat up, um, you know, really kind of tested physically. So eager to hear maybe where his health is at, because I don't think he did a ton in the spring um, in, in in terms of just, uh, you know, good on good type stuff, because they were trying yeah, to save was, him a little bit. He was pretty sidelined in the spring. Yeah. Real, real quickly, John Boyd, football player. There's a John Boyd actor. But there was a John Boyd that went to Clemson that then transferred to, to Delta Valley State and was in this most recent oh. NFL. Yeah. yeah. Delta most... Valley State, John Boyd, of course. Yes, yes. He was in the NFL draft and no one took him. So oh. I think mm-hmm. he's still floating around out there. But he is not on Nebraska's roster. That was no. just, you know, another patented Mike Schaefer misspeaking there. All right. Any any last thoughts here on Andy? Any anything that you're particular how how I've not done an indie media days. Do you want it to go back to Chicago or are you happy with it being at Lucas Oil? Uh I would I would prefer Chicago personally. Like shorter Indy's, drive. Indy's just kind of a weird place to get to from Nebraska. Yeah, it is. Like you're you're probably you you can drive it, but it's kind of a long drive. You can fly there, but you're connecting anyways. So it's fine. I 
I kind of question the value of media days as more time passes. Welcome to the team. I know. I've been here uh, for a while, just running it down every opportunity I get. I know. And plus, I mean, let's be honest. It's always a better event when it's at the Chicago Hilton, if we're being honest. So just so you can make fugitive references for three straight dates. No, it's always a better event when it's in Chicago because I can I can force you to drink old style and chase it with a uh, Malort with a Malort after. And then about three of those in you and BC start to glaze over a little bit. That's true. Oh, crazy. Um, You're not going. You 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 drew the long Thanks straw that, or, the, or the short straw, depending on how you view media days. What 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 do you want to hear from this? Like, what do you mean? Like, I need to know this from. Is um, there anything you need to know? Like, why are we doing this? No, I, there's really nothing I need to know, and there's okay. I don't I don't. I mean, there's lots of stuff I want to know, but I'm not anticipating it. You, you get that? Like, there's yeah, a, no, I get that. Um, there's a just a difference there for me. I. I don't anticipate we're going to get any of that sort of nuts and bolts. I mean, I would love to to get a better sense of what kind of the rotation maybe looks like at running back, like how they want to utilize it. I, a lot of it, Brunts. And, you think and they I know? Think, well, that's just it. I think the fans feel kind of similar to this. Like, we're going to have a month lead up writing about this team. And quite frankly, whatever we write carries a marginal amount of value because no one has a real clear picture of what that's going to look like against Minnesota in that opening game. I mean, we can talk about what the offense might look like and they're going to have an idea as to what they want to run and what they want to call. But if they show up and they want to run the ball and they're not opening up holes then you're quickly going to have to pivot to passing oriented game plan, or, you know, if you get there and your defense just isn't able to slow down Minnesota's rushing attack, like then the three, three, five suddenly is going to get, changed right off the bat like it's there's there's so much that we think we might understand or know already but it's all subject to change based on what actually happens in that first game I mean I I think there's so many different ways this thing can go and the the thing that I least expect is a really well-oiled machine when they take the field against Minnesota yeah no I I think a lot of it right now is taking the what limited information you have and filling in blanks and Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, 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 when you, you talk about the running back thing and to say, do, do they know, I, 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 I think there's spots where they don't have a clear picture of like, okay, if you had to play a game on July 31st, when they start camp, who would be out there for you? I, I wide receiver. I don't know that they know that beyond maybe the top three guys, um, Washington blank. I think it's two. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know who the third is. Maybe it's Betts. Maybe it's Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Maybe it's Malachi Coleman. Maybe it's Josh Fleeks. Maybe it's split out Thomas Fedoni. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's Jaden Doss. Maybe Ramir Johnson is going to play this Brian Westbrook role that Mark Whipple talked about, but never actually happened. He's pl- he's being he's playing Brian Westbrook for the third coaching staff and for, for those not watching on YouTube the head shake from Brunts there when when that got mentioned was pretty good pretty um, good yeah um yeah I think that's one spot I think running back and how that shakes out I think that's more situational than it is you know written in sharpie so mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think a lot of the questions that people are going to have at the start of fall camp, I don't know that the coaching staff necessarily has answers to right now. They, I think they have hunches, but I think that's right. as far as it goes. 
Well, we have hunches on who's going to be at Nebraska for a barbecue this weekend as the Huskers are having a recruiting event. We will talk with Michael Brunts about some recruiting. He can give his thoughts on Preston Taumua and Ja'Cory Barney, and we'll talk a little about what Nebraska's got going on in recruiting for 2024 and 2025 when we return here on the Husker 24-7 podcast. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right Brunt. so you you kind of missed both commitments in the month of july um when did you first learn that preston taumua became a member of nebraska's 2024 recruiting class uh, was it was it that Saturday night? Did you stay up? It was. In, you were out it was on the West Coast. Time. I was on the West Coast. It wasn't that late for me. Wow. So, yeah. I. I. Uh, that's a. That was a big win. It was a big recruiting win. That was a big, big, big win for Nebraska. Win. I don't. I don't know that. Uh, if you lined up the scenarios and teams that were in the running for him, that I would have put Nebraska anywhere near the the front of that pack when he started making visits. So. <laughs> The funny thing about it was the differing information that you would sort of hear, like, yeah, it's Nebraska and this team. No, it's actually Nebraska and that team. No, it's actually Nebraska and this team. And then it turns out it was it was Nebraska, and then everyone else just kind of followed in some order. Yeah. But uh that was that was certainly interesting. And and you know, I'll let you touch on it here, but a big recruiting win for Donovan Rayola, who, you know, I think kind of needed it too. 
Yeah, he did. I think perception wise, he needed. I mean, they, they've they've added offensive line talent, but a lot of it's been you know regional, and you know th- this was an elbows out recruiting win for him and for the staff, um, and, and you know kind of getting into they, they were always there. I, I think in the picture for him, but you know a, a a kid that probably projects to to more of an interior player, but you you watch his highlights and you're like, okay. He's, he moves pretty well. Like you could see maybe a tackle if things actually had to go that way. But, um, you know, I, I think when we talk about the way that Nebraska's offensive line is currently, you've got a lot of veteran guys that have played a lot of snaps. And at some point that's going to be handed yeah. off to somebody else. And it's going to happen pretty quickly. And getting that kind of a talent into your room, I mean, that, that was a big win. And now – you know, you're turning your attention to, you know, a Grant Bricks who's still out there um, as kind of, you know, maybe that last big piece for this offensive line class, which you can you can get into him a little bit. But I think they've done a really nice job of, you know, getting into these more of these, you know, not not necessarily all summer we heard about, OK, you you get a guy to guy to camp, you beat like two FCS schools for him for a commitment. I mean, this was, this was a big time win for the staff that I think kind of pushes back against that narrative of, you know, they're just kind of taking guys that, that don't really have many offers. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild because they had that stretch of commitments where it's like, but yeah, where was that guy really going to go? Right. And then now they're currently on a stretch of commitments that includes Carter Nelson, Ja'Cory Barney and Preston Talmua. And it's like, Oh, <laughs> these dudes had options. All right. Yeah. So it's not all just, you know, grabbing the, grabbing the easiest, you know, commitments that you can. They went out and they worked uh, for for several of these. You mentioned Grant Bricks. He is expected to be at Nebraska's barbecue event that they're having here. Uh, I believe they're calling it the cookout or whatever um, on on July 30th. They're going to have a lot of people at this thing. Uh, some perspectives like Grant Bricks and, and Caleb Benning, but a whole bunch of commitments. Pretty much heard from all of Nebraska's in-state guys, at least the Metro ones. They're all planning on being there. Uh, they've got their 2025s and Tyson Terry and and um, Caden Vermas will be up there uh, for that as well. Chase Lofton coming into town, another 2025. So uh, a nice event for them to have, a good way to kind of kick off the the kick off the start of fall camp and also, you know, really kind of make these guys feel like they're part of the the program already. I think that's a big, you know, Daniel Kalen was kind of saying he he gets the sense like this is a way for them to be able to interact with the players and everything and just kind of own it. Like, this is your, this is your program. You may not be here yet, but you're a part of this. We want you here because we're about to embark, you know, the start of our season. And so I think that's kind of a nifty narrative way uh, to kind of provide ownership for commits that while they're not on the team yet, you get to know these guys, you get to feel like you're part of it. And then for the guys that aren't committed yet, you you start to show like, this is what the atmosphere that we're trying to build. This is what we want you to join. So um, all in all, it, it could be a, a pretty valuable weekend uh, for, for Nebraska with the, the recruits that they have on campus. And it's already been a great summer. You know, I've, I've made this multiple times, Brunts, but do you remember the first recruiting class that you and I ever covered? You started a little earlier than I did in April of 2011. And then I hopped in in October of 2011. Nebraska, I think, signed 12 or 13 total players in that class. Um, 
they have 24 committed right now. That was that was the uh Greg McMullen Wester camp. Um yep. that, the that class is loaded. You go yeah. through it and so you have Greg McMullen, you have Wester Camp, you have Tommy Armstrong, you have um Apalava. Was he part of Apalava, that class? Vincent Valentine? Um you have Avery Moss, if people remember him before he he well, you know Aaron Curry his way was he part of that class. Aaron Curry, I think, was part of that class. Amani Cross was part of that class. They had a wide receiver. Um, oh, there's besides Westercamp, that was also a part of that group as well. It was, it was an interesting class. They got they got a little bit out of it. Um, Paul Thurston, but was that 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 class. Paul Thurston was on that. Yeah, I think he and then I want to say there's an Oregon offensive lineman named Corey Whitaker that California. was uh, so good. Oh, he was, so it was Nebraska and Oregon was maybe he chose Nebraska over Oregon at yeah. the time. Um, yeah, that's that was the first class. Thomas Brown, you remember the day Thomas Brown committed and you and I tried 700 people to confirm that thing. And then we got like a sheepish. I committed text at like 830 at night, like seven hours after the commitment. This was back before Twitter just knew everything right away. I uh, I would like to forget that day if all possible. <laughs> well. David Santos would like to forget the day that, you know, Thomas Brown got himself kicked off the team, but here we are. Yeah. yeah probably, yeah. I'll leave that one alone. You, you, you've been a proponent of the bar, the, the cookout idea for a while. Yeah. I'm correct? big on the, the barbecue. I like the barbecue. Why, I'm, why a, I'm it, a fat man that likes smoked meats. Blame me. But if you look around the country this weekend, there, there is no shortage of like big cat weekends, elite five-star get together. Like, Big dudes hang out like that kind of stuff. Like uh, every, every, it seems like every program in America has some kind of event this weekend. And I was always surprised that Nebraska just never did it. Like you have that weekend, you can't host officials, like just have people hang out. Like it, it, it doesn't seem, I don't know. It doesn't, it, sh- it shouldn't seem novel, but it does. Now, I, I will say this in defense of Nebraska. They played week zero the last couple of years, so they've already yeah. sort of been in it um, by the time this week has rolled around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, previously Scott Frost could have taken advantage of this more, especially, you know, once you were able to start having uh, recruits on campus specifically this week. I'm trying to think if there's anybody notable. They've had junior college guys come out for this before. But this is the first time that they've had like a July sort of event um, it makes a, as I said, it makes all the sense in the world. It's kind of like a kickoff. You get the guys around, you smoke some meat. They're going to have, I'm sure all sorts of like yard games and probably a home run derby and some kind of putting contest. And like, this is, this is just kind of like what they do. And this is what, you know, really, honestly, it's what Bo Polini used to do for big red weekend. Like that's essentially what this was now. It'll be condensed to a Saturday, and there's going to be a lot more people, I think, on campus. But uh, I I expect it to be well-received, and wouldn't be at all surprised if Nebraska walks away with a commitment uh, from this weekend. I mean, you got a guy like Christian Jones who's changed up his visit plans. I think that one's closer than I would have realized at the beginning of the summer. Uh, I don't look for Caleb Benning to make a decision before he takes some official visits in the fall, uh, but Grant Bricks, you know, if he he said he wanted to, there's maybe one more school he wanted to visit, but he's going to go back to all of Oklahoma, Kansas State, and Nebraska. He might be ready to make a decision in early August. 
And just from all the sourcing I have on that, it still feels pretty good, you know, in Nebraska's direction. Probably more Nebraska, Kansas State than than Oklahoma at this point. But uh, you know, so there's there's still some heavy hitters and and some potential big things left in recruiting. And they have 24 commits already. Like it's just it's it's unfathomable to me that they're at this spot. We've never seen this before. <laughs> you know, it, we, we it, haven't. Like I, I'm no, not trying it, to like. No, it's it's usually like you're 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 adding like 13 guys in December. Like that's usually how it's typically worked. Well, like yeah, and there's there's like this stretch because it's happened because it happened when during like when I got married, and they took these commitments from like Ladarius Webb Jr. or whatever, and nobody you know nobody even knows if if these defensive backs that Travis Fisher is offering. Nobody even knows who they are or if they're any good and they're nominally part of the class. But like those were the sort of July commitments Nebraska had been getting previously. So it's it just a different feeling right now all the way around. Anything yeah. else you want to get into recruiting wise? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. It, I think it's a good thing they're doing this this weekend. And I think it helps when you have so many in-state kids committed that you're, you're able to get them to campus easily and hang out um but yeah i I think uh yeah it's good to be good to happen and then what july on monday you're you're starting with your first practice so and then uh only a month away till minnesota so i'm guessing you didn't listen to the overtime podcast but Uh, oh sorry I started it and then my phone died. So um, <laughs> you started it and you're like, I don't want to listen to these guys. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, it, it was a, a fun little topic. Put it that way. It's a, uh, it's a topic I well, enjoy. I want to give you 20 seconds here. Do you have a favorite overtime memory? No, it's hard because so many of them recently have just been such duds, like yeah. not even like threatening to score. Um, I don't have one. I I wow. really don't. When was the last time they scored a point in overtime? It was at Iowa. Uh, it was the Iowa game? one. And what I I said on the your your phone died well before this, but I referenced you because you would always remark, even in the moment, but then certainly after, whenever recalling the game, the stupidity of punting to Demarnay Pearson L. And he kept order. kicking. Why did they keep <laughs> kicking to him? You gave that man a lifetime contract, and he kept kicking to him. Oh man, I there. One of the greatest rivalries in the Big Ten is you versus Kirk Ferentz's contract, and really Kirk Ferentz's, uh, you know, production. And yeah, that's certainly one of the sticking points for you is that he punted to Demarnay Pearsonell multiple times in 2014. Just keep put, just keep putting your hand on the stove. Maybe it won't be hot, but guess what? It was always yeah. scalding because he was running it back. Well, we are going to put our hand on the stove and as we wonder whether Nebraska football will have a season worth discussing for once uh, coming up in 2023. But Big Ten Media Days are next, so I'm sure Brunson BC will break that down for you. We'll have plenty of coverage from Indy on that. And, of course, the visit weekend this weekend as well. We'll have all the follow-up for that as well. So be sure to check out Husker 24-7. Com. I'm Mike Shaver for Michael Brunts. We're Husker 24-7. We'll catch you next time with another Husker 24-7 podcast. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.